0: Welcome to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast where our goal is to engage and inform our audience from investors to asset managers and portfolio managers to sustainability leaders and those involved in ESG and sustainable finance. This is Kisa Shreen. Today we're going to talk about energy investment policy and what it means for sustainable investors. Now, with so many changes underway, including potential regulatory shifts, investing in the energy sector will be seeing a change as well. And to discuss this with us is Elizabeth Levy, Portfolio Manager at Trillium Asset Management. Now, in one of our previous episodes, we talked about the key reforms that we can expect from Joe Biden, President Joe Biden's climate action plan. But if we dig deeper, what is different about the current context of climate policies under the new Biden-Harris administration? And so, Elizabeth, let's just dig into what does this new commitment, what is it and what does it mean for investors? Yeah, thanks, Kisa.
1: I think what is really different about what's going on right now is that the entire context of climate policy globally has changed for a few reasons, really. First of all, when we're talking about climate change, you know, we've been talking about it for decades and it's always been in a theoretical future, our climate is going to change. Well, I think now we can unequivocally say our climate is changing. We are already experiencing every year a record-setting heat year uh, for many of the last years and we're already being able to tie, uh, if not particular storms, general trends, for example, in in weather changes, we already know that the climate is changing. And so there's a lot less argument about, well, is the climate going to change? Why is this happening? There's just a lot less of that going on. Of course, there are still some people um, that do not admit that science is real and that the climate is changing. There's still pockets of that, but by and large, Uh, the political context more or less accepts that the climate is changing. And more importantly for investors, almost the entire uh, business community now acknowledges that the climate is changing and will continue to change if we do nothing different. And so that's really different than the way things were even a few years ago. So now that you have um, the entire ecosystem really is admitting that uh, there's a problem and we need to do something about it. It's very different than starting um, starting from the proposition that you have to convince folks that the climate is changing. so that uh, that that's just the backdrop of the entire context is different. And then I think there's a few other things. Um, so one, the the rest of the world, and now the u s too, have agreed to the the Paris agreement uh, in that we are going to do something. We are not going to just let climate change run rampant anymore. Uh, and so once you accept that the climate is changing and we are going to do something about it, that um, that just really changes the operating context for both businesses and for us as investors, the way we approach business, uh, the, the businesses that are dealing with this. Uh, it, and at the same time, the technologies that are going to deal with climate change aren't science projects anymore, they are real they're at scale, and even more importantly, they are economic. So that is just a very different background than has ever been true before.
0: And so we also are seeing lots of industries, obviously um, globally, we're seeing this, industries who are really having to respond because, as you mentioned, there's no longer a discussion around climate change theoretically. It's really practical now because people are um, disagreeing less about whether it exists or not than compared to several years ago, either in a couple of decades ago. Could we talk about? Industries and oil industry, energy industry, those come to mind. And what shifts you're seeing in industries in terms of how they are addressing climate change?
1: Yeah. So within the uh, the traditional energy, the oil and gas, uh, which has traditionally had the name of energy, there there is a huge shift, uh, and it's diverging around the world. Um, and so right now, you're seeing, uh, in particular, the way that uh, European energy majors. are are tackling this issue is very different from the way that the US companies are. Although the US companies are starting a little bit too. Um, So just for example, the the oil and gas majors in Europe uh, acknowledged climate change a lot earlier and they have begun to diversify their businesses a lot earlier and they're much more willing to talk with their investors about these changes. Uh, So Shell recently, uh, very recently, More or less admitted that that they think peak oil demand and and their peak production has already passed, so they are going to begin shifting their business. Uh, Other European majors have made uh, similar similar efforts and announcements as well. And in general, they the Europeans have just started diversifying their businesses. So Equinor, as another example, uh, is one of the world leaders in offshore wind development. In the U.S., on the other hand, you know the U.S. oil companies have have just uh, stopped is maybe too strong of a word, but just reduced uh, pretending that climate change doesn't exist. So they are many years behind in the even the idea of diversifying their businesses. So uh, to pick on an American company, Exxon, for example, has been having an activist investor uh, this year, this proxy season, trying to get them to be much more upfront in their dealings with. Uh, acknowledging climate change so there's been some splashy announcements so exxon put out some news a few weeks ago uh, maybe trying to get the activist investor to back off a little bit talking about how many billions of dollars of capex they were going to devote to green technologies over the next few years Sounds like a big number but you know in the context of everything they do it's really not that much it was roughly five percent of their capex budget over the next few years to green technologies which means the other 95% is going to be spent on drilling for the same oil and gas that they have historically. And even Shell, who I just, you know, said was doing good things, when they announced their capex plan, you know, it was 9 to 13% of their expected capex. So still you've got roughly 90% going to the old world. So as an investor when you're trying to think about are you going to invest in these companies or are you going to look elsewhere? Will these companies be able to transition their business models quickly enough? I, I think that's an open question.
0: So in looking at the, the projected, uh, devoting CapEx to green tech in the oil and gas space, that's interesting, probably not shocking to many though. Let's look at non-energy companies. Are you seeing anything that would really shock investors in terms of those sectors that are really committing? Well, when you
1: think about what is going to be going on over the next few years, it's really an electrification of our entire uh, economy. So you can think of it as similar to the digital revolution uh, that we went through you know over the last twenty years. So, you know if you think back twenty years, having uh, for example, a blockbuster video store in your neighborhood would be really useful. That would be a sign of you know a nice neighborhood to live in. It has an amenity for you. You can imagine in f- some that we'll look at gas stations the way that we look at blockbuster video now. So now if somebody refers mm. to a blockbuster video, it's a way of saying this was in another time. It doesn't feel that long ago, say even like 2000, only, only 21 years ago. It doesn't feel that long ago, but that was before everything changed, right? Before we had cell phones in our pocket. So you can imagine someday you'll feel the same way why would you stand at a gas station surrounded by flammable fuels and toxic fumes when you could just plug your car in at night and use excess wind energy that's on the grid? Like it it will be the same kind of thing. And so anytime there's a huge shift of revolution really in our economy, that means there's lots of room for investment. So, you know, we need to electrify almost everything over the next the the coming few decades, and so electric vehicles get a lot of uh, attention, rightly, because that is going to be a a big change, but there's lots of other things that need to be electrified also. Um, So, for example, combusting anything in your home has negative climate impacts, but also negative health impacts. A recent academic study that was published by researchers at Harvard in the Journal of Environmental Research found that fossil fuel pollution causes one in five premature deaths globally. And they found that the northeastern U.S., where the Harvard researchers are presumably based, and me, I'm in Boston, is one of the most hardest hit areas, as folks here uh, predominantly rely on oil or natural gas for heating and cooking in our homes. That's a huge opportunity for investment. So electrifying homes putting in uh, electric heating and electric cooking will have both positive climate outcome as well as positive health outcomes. So maybe people don't think of, you know, air conditioner manufacturers as a climate beneficiary, but they will be. Same thing with, you know, uh, appliance manufacturers, so stove manufacturers, they have a lot to offer to the the climate fight, and there's gonna be a
0: lot of opportunities like that. So that's, I mean, that's great. You really summed up the case that this not only impacts one industry, but it's going to be felt around several several industries. And also there are global impacts here. So Elizabeth, if we were to sum up your top, three in terms of the most important things that responsible investors need to be aware of in terms of approaching the energy industry for investment. And let's look at both from a policy perspective as well as from perspective of what we can expect in 2021 and beyond with simply investment and how these companies will choose to invest their capital. What are some of those top three things that you would say responsible investors should think about?
1: Well I think as responsible investors, you know our job is to integrate ES and G environment social and governance information into our investments. And so I think just thinking broadly about how climate impacts uh, across our portfolio, that that's our basic job and that's our basic skill set. So thinking across all of our sectors what are going to be the implications of both uh, changing climate uh, companies, making efforts to stop the changing climate, but also as uh, as policies change, how does that echo across you know, banks and insurers and food companies that need to deal with their supply chains and healthcare companies and you know, tourism companies? Across our portfolios, there's gonna be impacts. So I would say our first responsibility is to think very broadly because a lot of things are gonna be changing over the coming years. Uh, from a policy perspective, you know, I think anything that will add stability and certainty so that we can get off the merry-go-round of every time there's a new administration, there's totally different uh, policy impacts. I think we're we're feeling an extreme version of that this year. Um, but I think that once the ground rules are set and companies know what their responsibilities and, and what the rules are going forward, then we can start to make real change. Uh, and as investors, we can contribute uh, – our voices to say we need those rules set and we need them to be permanent and we need to tackle this challenge now and, and we can't wait and we can't have things keep changing.
0: So you raise a really interesting point there you're mentioning the kind of merry go round if you will, in terms of things policies changing every four years with different administrations. Do you think that's the really think that's the case on the national level have outside of where we are right now. Do you think that things have changed tremendously in terms of how we've addressed this? And you might come back and say, "Well, Kisa, 20 years ago, we didn't we didn't address it," so that definitely is fair. But do you think that there have been huge shifts?
1: Uh, you know, it's very. It's- sitting where we are at the beginning of a new administration, which is so different from the one before it, uh, which in turn was different from the one before that, you know, it's hard to get out of that perspective, but even, you know, trying to think more broadly, so the the tax credits that have been available to wind and uh, solar power producers, that has definitely been, you know, a two-year merry-go-round for for a very long time where you have these boom and bust cycles caused by credits are here, credits are not here, and then, then it starts all over again um it's hard for businesses to to make long-term investments when they don't quite know what the political background or the policy background is going to be and it's hard for investors you know i'm a long-term investor i try to look out to what are things going to be like in a few years and if you have to kind of you know make an exception in your thinking like well what if all of these policies get undone it's hard to make those long term decisions so I think that both from the corporate side as well as the investor side we would all be better served by certain policies.
0: Wow great information Elizabeth so really talking about the context of climate policy and how because Our climate is changing, um, and that's really something that's accepted by many people. There is just less argument about that. And so we can really tie trends to weather changes, and there's a lot more agreement about that, which is helpful as we move forward from a business perspective and the policy perspective. And number two, regions are really tackling this in a a different way, in much different ways from each other. In the oil and gas industry in Europe, we see there's acknowledgement of what they're doing and and what's taking place, and they're really talking with investors about how they should be changing and how they want to change. And Europe is really starting to see, in terms of their corporates diversification of their business, whereas in other regions you mentioned, the U.S. specifically, there is not that sort of transparency and openness about diversification. And also, devoting CapEx to green tech. It's there, but it could certainly be better. And there could be much more and higher percentages of CapEx being devoted to green tech. And um, this is my personal favorite, Elizabeth. In a few years, we will look at gas stations in the same way that we look at blockbuster video now. Wow, what what a tweetable moment that is. The way that we are elected the electrification of our economy is really similar to what we will see with the digitalization um, of our economy right now. We'll see that electrification in the coming year. So shifting is going to take place at an even greater level than we're seeing right now. Elizabeth Levy, such great insight and um, such a profound statement around gas stations and Blockbuster. I haven't heard anyone make that comparison yet, but that was a really great key insight. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. We invite you to subscribe to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your content. What did you think about the podcast? Leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates on our show. You can even check us out on YouTube now. Thank you for joining. See you next time.